Welcome to the Love Fly podcast. It's Paul Tizar, Fear of Flying coach since 1996. God, that makes you feel old. Uh, today, we're welcoming back uh, two lovely humans that you would have definitely come across on the podcast before. So we've got Erin from Flying with Erin, and we've also got Hannah Davis, who was on, has been, con- been on a couple of podcasts as well. So welcome back to both of you. Thank you for having me. No, so today, yeah, no, great. So for those who are regular listeners, you would have heard Hannah share her story about uh, how she was over beating her fear of flying and now she was in the US when we first spoke to her and now she's living back in the UK. And then with Erin, we were talking about how she beat her fear of flying by learning to fly, which was just amazing. Uh, but we thought it was about time for an update. And the reason that I know Erin is because Hannah had already been following her in a good way uh, on Instagram. So. <laughs> Not stalking. <laughs> <laughs> so give us an update, you two. What have you been? What, what's going on for you then? Who goes first? Um, I'll go first if you like, just because it, it should be pretty quick. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think the the last time I spoke, I'd just come back from Alaska. I managed to fly on a seaplane, which I never thought I would ever do. Um, so that was all amazing. But since then, I was actually counting up the other day. I think I've been on like an extra 10 commercial flights. And I was saying to my husband that it's every every time I fly now, it feels like a really exciting challenge. <laughs> like I know at some point I'm going to find it a little bit scary, but that kind of excites me now. It's like I just enjoy the test. And I'm not restricted now on like who I fly with or what time of the day I fly at. Um, when I flew back from the US, back to the UK, I flew at night and that was amazing. Um, seeing New York City all lit up at Christmas. So yeah, that's my update really, <laughs> in a nutshell. That's awesome. Um, so, you, yeah. so you've really changed quite a bit there from when we first spoke, haven't you? Cracky, yeah. that wasn't that long ago. Yeah, but I still, everything that I said in my last podcast that, I still stand by like not to get complacent with feeling better because I just think it's a constant journey and and just Mm. something that I need to be mindful of that it is something that I find a challenge um, and that but I've got the tools now to know how to take care of myself Mm. Um, and if I am feeling nervous I'll just send a message in the Facebook group because everyone in there is amazing everybody's sending success stories and words of encouragement um, or I just email Paul. <laughs> um, Paul, help me. I've got a flight tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you haven't done much of that, though. Let's be honest. You did no, that no, a I little haven't. bit last year, but nothing. Yeah, I did it. Ages. I think I did it. I think I did it when I had to fly my dog back from the US yes. to the UK. Oh, that's. So- I was. Yeah, I was more worried about him than me. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's all good and still helping. I help Paul with his social media and um, mostly his Instagram. Oh, yeah. And um, I set up this uh, little Pinterest page as well. So still absolutely That's loving so that. Yeah, it's yeah. great. I really <laughs> appreciate it. I mean, I'm, no, so for uh, those, anyone who's been impressed by those posts, nothing to do with me whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just know like how much you helped me, Paul. And I really want as you to be able to help as many people as possible. And I know like, you know, Erin, how powerful social media can be. 
Uh, yep, but your account definitely. is amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, t- so tell us the link between, so how you came across Erin, how was that part of your journey? And then we'll, we'll ask Erin about what she's been up to as well. I'm going to be completely honest. I don't fully know. Like, I, I don't know when I first started following you, but it was probably from like when I was struggling, like searching the fear of flying hashtag and try to, because yeah. sometimes I think taking comfort from other people that are going through it. Mm-hmm. So I think I probably found your account like a, a long time ago. I, I don't even know how I would find out when I started following you. But when I when my fear of flying got to like its worst, it got to a point where I got to the airport and I wouldn't go inside and I cancelled my trip. That was probably the biggest time when I took the most um, comfort from your account. Because um, I remember seeing you, I think on a commercial flight, and you'd said like you had, you'd had a bit of a wobble. And I took so much from that because I just thought, wow, like this girl is going out and flying these little planes, but but still has these moments where she struggles. And it made me believe in myself more because I could see that you were doing it. Oh. Um, so thank you. <laughs> so sweet. I still have the wobbles. I can't remember the last time I was on a commercial flight. <laughs> really? I, I still... I still think I'd be really apprehensive about it, just the thought of it. I think um, the same thing as most people, like really uh, being apprehensive about flying at certain times, like I still wouldn't pick a night flight. Mm. Yeah. Yet. Yet. <laughs> yeah. So remind, so for those who, because people dip in out of these things, so just remind yeah. people your sort of, uh, give us a snapshot of your journey to, to here and then, then we want to hear what you've been up to. In the last since okay. I last spoke to you. <laughs> okay, Br- very brief snapshot. I came from a fear of flying, which was lifelong. I couldn't even think of a plane. I would be crying. I just couldn't um, anything to do with planes and flying, and that was just me out. I just I was not going there. I decided I was not going to travel. Um, decided I didn't need to travel. I could just be in my hometown grounded for the rest of my life and that would be totally fine and I did a pretty good job of convincing myself of that but it just got to the point where it was starting to really affect my life as family spreads across the country and internationally and you think well if I don't get on a plane I'm maybe never going to see these people like you miss out on a lot when you restrict yourself due to fear and so one day I just decided that enough was enough. I couldn't live like that any longer. And I did the dramatic thing and learned to fly. <laughs> I know a lot of people probably wouldn't, but I just went <laughs> all in. And now, yeah, I fly a little plane. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, pretty cool. Because uh, I was, when we were, I remember when we did our podcast, I never listened back to them, by the way. I edit them, uh, but I never listen to them because I can't bear my own voice. So I, I do remember, yeah, I do remember talking to you. And one of the things that we talked about at the time was the fact that some people will often write to me and say, I've got this fear of flying. Would it help to learn to fly an aircraft? And I say, it <laughs> depends. So for many people, it gives you that understanding of the what's going on, but it, it doesn't give you any more control. It just gives you knowledge, doesn't it? Because you're not, if, you're, if you go on a commercial flight, you're still not any more in control. You just know more than what you did, you know. Yes, exactly. Which I think it just depends. Mm. You need to work out 
uh, where your fear is coming from and then you'll know how you best deal with it. Yeah. So tell us what you've been up to since the last podcast. And has there been a change? Has there been some new stuff? Yes. Well, I'll shut up. There has been some new stuff since the last podcast. I am making the transition from student to teacher and I'm going through completing my instructor rating. So I estimate that um, in just a few weeks time, I will begin teaching people how to fly and hopefully helping people to overcome (laughs) some of the stuff that I had to deal with. Oh my God. So, so, So literally from somebody who wouldn't go anywhere near it, now you're teaching other people to fly the damn things exactly <laughs> exactly oh my goodness. So amazing. that's a hell of a transition isn't it and it do- is and it's been really challenging as well obviously like as i progress through my flight training and career like i'm discovering new fears and new apprehensions and new hurdles so it, it literally never ends but just when you think you're over your fear something else will mm. kind of bring it back up or create that sort of I don't know trigger I guess what sort of things things like more advanced training recovering from certain maneuvers that aren't quite natural things like that obviously these things you need to do um, in order to teach someone because if you're with a student they might have a bit of a moment or something might go wrong Mm. and you as the teacher need to fix that and so it's learning how to fix that uh, putting myself in situations that I normally would avoid (laughs) (laughs) well go on you got I mean I I don't know about you Hannah but I'm dying to know what these things are now go on scare (laughs) us well I guess it's different I mean there'll be a lot of people that probably don't fear it but I fear things like spins um and stuff in aircraft and I know that I have to go through a bit of training for that so that's just more of it is like anticipation fear Mm. more than anything I have a lot of that I think that's a natural one I mean I've you know if I thought this aircraft, there's a chance that doing any of those things you're, you're alluding to. I, I think yeah. that's. A, I think that you'd be quite right to be fearful of those things. But I suppose you're learning how to recover from them, which is what all pilots learn. Is that is that right? Yes, exactly. And I think I'm just learning um, the difference between a rational and irrational fear. Okay, that's interesting. Tell us some more. Just, I think. When I start to experience a fear over something, I just really try to analyze it to work out how much is coming from a healthy fear Mm. and apprehension because you're going into something that's not normal and there's like a certain level of fear and anxiety that you need to carry because um, it's just your mind telling you that you need to be a little bit alert to what's going on. Like there's a certain level that's okay and then if the fear starts to get in my head and I begin to cancel things or miss out on opportunities, that's when I know that it's starting to cross that line. Yeah, that's a good sort of differentiator. So it sounds like it's when the impact the impact is the, the thing that makes the difference. Yeah, exactly. Uh, thinking that that was really insightful and I'm definitely going to, I don't like listening to my own voice either, but I'm definitely going to listen back to that because... I feel like I need to um, understand it a bit better because I'm very, I find it very hard to differentiate when I'm panicking. <laughs> I I struggle to differentiate between what's rational and what's irrational. Yeah. Um, 
so I'm really interested to to think more on that <laughs> and, mm. and try and take something away from it myself yeah it doesn't but, always work it's always a work in progress with that stuff trying to mm, figure yourself yeah. out so what sort of stuff have you figured out by doing continued flight training that has helped you do you think I've figured out that I'm capable of more than I realised. I think quite often I have had a tendency to place limits on myself based on past experiences. And it's just for me being a learning process about um, it's really just being a whole process of growth. Um, I'm relearning myself as a person and I've had to form a new identity of this is Erin without the fear of flying. And that's been so oh, hard. I love that. that Don't you? Just pause so on long. that. That is brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Say it again. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I had that identity of Erin, the girl who's scared of flying for a really long time. And I did not realize how hard it would be to let go of that. Mm. Yeah. So it's that identity thing is really interesting because. Yes, it is. I've, I've noticed that with people that they have to. Because not only for you, you've also got to educate people around you, haven't you? This is, mm-hmm. don't ask me bloody questions when we're about to book a flight. Are you sure you're okay? And all that sort of stuff, because it doesn't help, does it? Yeah. Exactly. And it's not just you that's learning that new identity for yourself as well. It's all of the people around you that have only ever known you as that. They mm. also struggle with that transition. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. for some people... They lose their role, don't they? Because they mm-hmm. they might be with you, or, and they kind of know the way things work. And then all of a sudden, yep. you start changing your patterns of behaviour, or saying, "Don't talk to me about that," or "I'm okay. I'll let you know if I'm not," or whatever strategy you're using. Yeah, yeah. Mm, that's really interesting. So the you mentioned that there's still a few things that a bit, a bit of work in progress. And I find that really fascinating that here's somebody who's who's come a tremendous way Mm -hmm. and now is training other pilots and doing scary (laughs) manoeuvres and also having to get them to do scary manoeuvres and you have to be like the the super cool, calm person next to them that if they go, oh, I can't do, not to do, oh, crap, that you go, it's okay, just do this, (laughs) whatever. Yeah, Exactly. (laughs) And sometimes that's just in my head, I'm going, (laughs) <laughs> but, but yeah. yeah you do have to be calm and i'm working on it <laughs> yeah i so i was because in a car I've, I've taught two of my daughters to drive and i'm pretty calm um, but then i know mm-hmm. that i wear and i have no way of taking over they have to i have to instruct through them but the risk is minimal compared to what you have to do it so you've got to be this person super cool next to somebody <laughs> oh my god she freaks out just thinking but everyone's got to go through that haven't they where they're kind of learning and you've got to, oh man and then you've got yeah, to do it's... stalls engine failures oh and then yeah. get them to recover it yes that's exactly scary but stuff. that's go through so much training in the instructor phase that I have so much experience around me and also in terms of mentors and friends that um, it just takes the edge off that fear because you just know that you're supported by the best in the business and that Mm. gives me some confidence. And I think it's probably very heartening for people to think about you know this is just not doing just but this is 
at the beginning of a co you know a commercial flying license and already the level that you're expected to perform at yeah. is quite phenomenal so what other things yeah. have you learned that have helped in terms of helping with the fear of flying you know so what have you learned about the aircraft or your abilities or pilots generally it's mainly i've learned things in terms of my abilities that's what's been um the biggest help for me obviously you it depends on your level of interest in terms of like how the plane works um, mechanically we learn just kind of what we need to know and then if we want to expand that we can i haven't been overly interested in that i've kind of just learned what i've needed to know so far but it's mm. just if you're confident in your abilities and you know your capabilities you know what the plane can do then yeah it definitely takes um some of that apprehension out of it but it's always always a work in progress like i just look back and think oh months ago i thought yeah i was pretty good and now i'm like oh, okay, that's what I thought was good and now I'm better and I know yeah. that it's going to be like that forever. Yeah. How long ago, Erin, was it that you started this journey? When did you take that first flight? What year is it? <laughs> it was about... <laughs> I don't know. The last two years have been a bit of a blur, haven't they? <laughs> Let's be honest. It was two years. It was two years ago. Two years? Just two years? That... Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. I was reading something yesterday that said to like reflect on what you've done in the last four years. And like, if you think about probably how you felt prior to that point to where you're at now, mm. it's, and, and what you said before about how it's really helped you realize how capable you are. I think that yeah. is one of the best things like I've taken away from this journey with Love Fly is it, you knowing like what, a horrible place you can get to but knowing how you can come through that and get to the other side like you do mm -hmm. realize how capable you are and it's such an amazing feeling because it feels like you can literally take on the world like do whatever it is you want to do and you can get through that fear um mm -hmm. as long as you have got the right tools and the right people around you to support you in doing that yeah exactly right <laughs> so what, when you're sharing because <laughs> one of the things i think your followers really like is is your vulnerability when you share because it's kind of like a warts and all type stuff isn't it so the people that follow you do you think they're all nervous flyers or is there is there people who are just just like you like hannah just follow you <laughs> i don't think that there's well actually i could be wrong i'm not really sure it because i only hear from a tiny portion of my followers I'm not sure but I have a feeling that a lot of them are not nervous flyers and they've just kind of jumped on board for the flying stuff I know they're probably some silent participants on my page that are, <laughs> that are people but yeah I'm I'm actually not really sure just because I have only like a very tiny sample size that contact me mm. yeah. you want more to contact you or are you quite happy that Oh, no, I'm fine with it. I love getting <laughs> the messages I just sift through. Yeah, message Erin. She, she likes to hear from you. Stop being silent. <laughs> she wants to know what's going on. But, yeah, don't be scary. Just nice messages, yeah. Nice messages. So what's, what's the difference with commercial flying then in terms of, because you're doing commercial flying now, you're learning, that's part of what you're doing. You're on that kind of route. 
what's what's not working for you in terms of being a passenger still um i like to be in control it's out there (laughs) (laughs) my husband knows this (laughs) no i definitely think that a lot of my fear stemmed from not being in control and i know that for sure because even in the small plane light when people like my husband are flying because he's also a pilot um i don't like to be passenger i just don't like it i like Mm. to be in control because Mm. i know what i'm doing what the aircraft is doing and everything else so i really just like to have that control and so that's so when you're in the back of an aircraft because you said you won't fly at night so have you done your night rating for your well you must have done if you're instructing others No, so I haven't got the license required to get my night rating yet, but it is on my radar. The instructor rating that I'm doing now, I can teach during the day. Yeah. I guess the weather you have, uh, that's quite a nice day anyway, isn't it? You know, it's got plenty of sunshine. It's it's not bad. (laughs) Yeah, she's been very modest because, you know, we're in in Britain right now, which is obviously, uh, well, I think this is a warm day today, isn't it, Hannah? Yeah, well, it, I think it looks like it's dark in this room, but it's not dark outside. It's just because it's so grey. It just yeah. makes everything look oh, dark all the time. Yeah. <laughs> What's a warm? What? Give us a temperature. Uh, Do you work in Celsius? Yeah. Yep. What would you say? Um, I don't know, like 20, 20? <laughs> maybe, maybe 24, 24. 24, that's toasty. Yeah. Toasty? <laughs> Yeah. At uh, 24, we're in shorts and T-shirts. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Although I realised, Paul, like when I lived in the US, I lived on the east coast of America for three years. 24 degrees to me was cold. Mm. Like that was borderline beach day. It was a little bit too oh, really? chilly. Yeah. That's crack out. You only really get like occasional highs of 30 in the summer. Winter is like average maybe like minus one but then they get the cold oh. spikes of like min- minus 10 minus um i think it was like <gasps> minus 19 the other day <laughs> oh my goodness in shock. <laughs> can you imagine those temperatures <laughs> does it not get does it not get cold does it not get cold where you are at all in the state that i am uh, we probably get a low of maybe like 15 degrees overnight in the winter <laughs> <laughs> right how do i get an australian visa <laughs> i know i know 15 okay, that's like mad isn't it yeah but that's... right now having about 35 degree days every yeah day, so. oh yeah. amazing i mean that also can get quite tiring whenever because you know for us mm-hmm. you probably acclimatize to it but first like um brits with our translucent skin when we come over to those sort of temperatures, it's kind of a shock for a while. It takes quite a while. The, the, the advantage, though, is what I was just thinking about your flight training, is that quite a lot of our pilots have done their training either somewhere like Australia or they go to the US because it's a bit cheaper mm-hmm. and you've got more flying days. Yes. Because, you know, you're not grounded. So what can happen over here? Because there was a few years ago, I was looking into training as commercial pilots because I was interested, you know, but it's mm. such a it's such an expensive and a long process. You've got to be more than interested. You've got to be completely obsessed, really. Haven't you? Yeah. One of the things that the one of the schools said is that 
Well, the aim is to get you up in the air as quickly as possible. But if the weather's rubbish, then we'll do all your ground school and just do all that. And I was thinking, oh, my God, how hard would that be doing all the ground yeah. school stuff without even the tactile kind of understanding of how it all works? Do you know what I mean? You, you, I know. It's really hard to put it all together, you know, but that is why a lot of people come over to your beautiful country to learn and like the US as well, to, because of those, you get the more time in the air and up, up and about with the nice weather. It's quite, yeah, it definitely quite helps. Jealous now. So, <laughs> so the, you're not a big fan of being in the commercial aircraft because of the control. You don't like the night flying. What's that about then? Because that's that's not just control. Is there something else there? Yeah, I really let's like analyze Erin. Come on, <laughs> analyze me. This is okay. I really like to see the ground. <laughs> and that's it. That's it. I really like to see where I am. I'm very conscious that. In the little planes that I fly, if I'm flying at night and I have an engine failure, I don't have a second engine to run on. If it's dark and I can't see where I'm landing, that makes it infinitely harder than flying during the day. So <laughs> fear factor. Yeah. Well, I mean, these are all, I think these are all normal fears. We, as humans, mm -hmm. we're fearful of the dark because our ancestors, mm -hmm. that was where, you know, terror, you couldn't focus on what was going on. So there's, a, so yeah. there's quite a big thing to overcome there that we all have to do, don't we? So that makes perfect sense yeah. to me. So is, is, the, so it's on you, so it's on your radar to do the night rating. It is one day I will have that, to. You hear that, that voice fear. change there, Hannah? Do you notice that? <laughs> Today's not the day I face that fear. Okay, no, you've done you've done amazing. I mean, I think for anyone listening who's thinking, "Crikey, this is somebody," and if they listen to your original podcast, they'll be able to hear how bad it was for you. And yes. here you are now, a couple of years on. Obviously, lots of effort along the way, but mm -hmm. you've not just beating the fear. But you're also helping other people to fly, which is just phenomenal. And still, there's work. There's it's still work in progress. So I think that's really reassuring because it's not like most people you meet who are pilots will just say, "I knew when I was seven I was going to be a pilot and just loved it, and that was it." Yeah. They haven't. Obviously, they would have had normal anxieties to overcome with, like, "I don't want to fail this test or whatever." But they wouldn't have had the quite the journey. Well, I'm, I'm imagine they wouldn't have had quite the journey that you've had to go through. I think that's really, really inspiring. Yeah, exactly. And I think I was a bit naive at the start when I first thought that I overcame my fear. I figured, well, that's it. I've overcome my fear. And then now I won't have any challenges. That's it. I've done it. I've overcome my fear. Take. But it actually yeah. <laughs> just kind of, you kind of go along your journey and realize you have more fears to overcome. Like the journey doesn't stop. Mm. And I think that's a really interesting message because it's similar to what Hannah was saying earlier on is that even though you're massively better at flying stuff, you still have the odd mm -hmm. moment that you have blips and things like that because you can't take yeah. it for granted, can you, that it's the fear's gone. It's it's always kind of, it's been a friend for a long time in some ways. And if we look at the yeah. fear as having positive intent, its intention was to keep you alive. So the part of yeah. your brain that decided these things are bloody frightening and could I could die in one, is it, when you put it like that, it's quite logical that you wouldn't go near one if your brain, as some part of your brain has decided. So it's all, I've always said to people, it's a bit of a simplistic way of saying, but it's all like having a, a an inner head argument, isn't it? Like part of you wants to and can fly, and another part of you doesn't want to. Exactly. And you have like, um, I found that you can have a really weird attachment to that identity that you had beforehand because it was something that also 
got me out of a lot of things. I could fall back on that. Oh, well, I'm scared, so I don't have to face that. Mm. I don't have to face that. But as soon as you put it out to the world, now I'm flying or now I'm doing this thing I was scared of. You can't hide from that. You're expected that now you're going to do that thing and yeah. um, you really have to back it up and that's a really hard thing to do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is. I mean, I don't know if you can relate to that, Hannah, because it there is this thing called secondary gains. Uh, I put it in my book. I call it the, the what's the, the hidden secret benefit to not flying? Yeah. it does yeah. exactly that, doesn't it? Uh-huh. Yeah, definitely. I suppose it's like an extra... It's like another way of keeping yourself accountable because you know that people are watching you do this now, like do this amazing thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. But then that's also an extra challenge and pressure for you. Mm. I've and had it's many easier people... to stay in your comfort Sorry. zone as well. Yeah, definitely. I've had many people yeah. say to me over the years, you know, I have to be honest, although I'd like to get over the fear of flying, I'm really not that bothered. So they'll do, they'll, sometimes they'll come on courses, they'll pay lots of money, mm-hmm. come along, but they, mm-hmm. in their mind, they've, they're not going to face, they don't want to. So to, yeah. that, that moment where you switch means letting go of that identity, as you called it, and saying yeah. to people. And it's hard though. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't want to go all in, you're probably not going to beat your fear because it is really hard to beat a fear, harder than you ever realise going in. <laughs> Yeah, well, actually, that's a really good segue because I'm going to kind of wrap up. And you know what I always do at the end is I ask for, like, what's your thing? What's the top tip? Or So I'm going to ask both of you, actually, like, because you're both well on from facing your fear. What what advice would you give to somebody right now based on your, your own journeys? Do you want to go first, Sarah? You go first. I'm thinking. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think I, I would still stick with what I said in my first podcast, I think, that to work on your fear every single day, um, even if you only do something really tiny, but as long as you're sort of exposing yourself to it in any way that you can. And there was one thing that I never actually mentioned on my first podcast, but one of the things I did was drive to two local airports, actually. One of them was just a really small one, and I would just watch the small planes take off. But the other one, I drove to Boston Logan Airport and found like a a viewing area. And I just watched the planes take off and come into land and see how many were doing it successfully every Mm -hmm. single time. And I actually felt, even though at that point I was at my most scared, I actually felt like a child again. It it was weird. It was like I almost didn't want to enjoy it, but I actually did enjoy just watching these planes. So yeah, exposure in any way that you can, even if it's really small, and start as early as you can. Even if you don't know that you're planning on going somewhere, you don't know if you even want to, but you know you want to try and overcome this fear. Um, yeah, that would be my tip. No, that's a great one. <laughs> I love that bit about the the magic of flying, you know, like being able to watch it. It is phenomenal when you watch it. No matter how many times I've heard the physics, I still go, yeah, but, yeah, but you know, how does it really, how does 400 tonnes of metal jump into the air and stay up there, you know? I know. It's, it's just mind-blowing, <laughs> isn't it? So I get, I get that when I go past, and sometimes I am one of those saddos that sat on the end of, you know, like Gatwick. You can go right under the runway. There's a bit where you can park. You get moved on after pretty sharpish, but you can see them coming right over the top of you. Amazing. Oh. It's just amazing looking up at these big beasts, you know? So what would yours be, Erin? My tip? <laughs> 
steps. <laughs> yeah, you're kind of like, here's, here's my thing from all the stuff I've been doing. Here's my big, big piece of advice or just it doesn't have to be that big. And it can be medium. I don't mind. Just advice. <laughs> Okay, my medium piece of advice <laughs> for starting to get over your fear or continuing the process is to continuously remind yourself of your reasons for doing it in the first place because um, mm, in the height of anxiety, we can forget why we're doing it and it must be for ourselves first and foremost. Do it for yourself because you are going to live a much more rich life for doing that and then extend maybe you're doing it for your partner or your family but do it for you or you're not going to see it through be consistent uh, motivation does not always last but discipline does so be consistent in your pursuit of you know moving past your fear you won't always feel motivated to do it you'll feel terrified but it's the discipline that's going to push you through keep you out of your comfort zone and you will get there in the end it will take as long as it takes as long as you keep moving and keep pushing you will get there oh that's that's awesome. that wasn't that wasn't medium advice that was big advice wasn't it? That, was, <laughs> that was awesome you two brilliant i mean how inspiring anybody listening here yeah, it's, it's fantastic. You know, it's like anyone's listening in who's thinking about face, facing their fear. You've got two different approaches here that you've done. Uh, there's some overlap as well, but it's just it's just so inspiring. So, Hannah, are you going to go and become a pilot now? Has that inspired you? Do it. Do you know what? I've actually been, I was going to mention this to you at some point, but I've been keeping my eye on like Virgin Atlantic flight attendants. <laughs> like, I know they're recruiting at the moment. Mm -hmm. And I would love to do it, but then every time I think, oh, I don't know. <laughs> but maybe one day. <laughs> well, we, could, we could arrange, uh, you can come, you, you've spoken to, but, you know, I was talking to Sarah yesterday because we did a podcast. Yeah, I that you were doing that. Yeah, yeah we did a podcast on um, flying through the COVID times, you know, what the, what's going on mm. now, because regulations change all the time. So I was curious because a few people have asked me, what on earth is going on for the airline so no yeah. you want to chat to her so erin is it is the plan to do the full commercial pilot like that type of thing or is you, are you going to just stop with helping others to learn what, what's your plan my plan is to just keep adding to my instructor rating keep adding to things that i can teach because the point really for me I don't find purpose unless I'm helping other people. So I don't want to do it just for me. I'd rather instruct, help as many people as I can. I've never been interested in moving on to the airlines or anything like that because I just derive my purpose from helping others. And I know that I'm not going to be truly happy unless I'm in a role where I am doing that. So oh, I can see why Hannah started following you now. Oh, <laughs> just genius drips. Drips forward, grips from your mouth. Or, I don't know what the phrase is. That's probably a little bit weird, but <laughs> but it's just awesome. Both of you are brilliant. I'm so, so grateful. Thank you ever so much for giving the time today. And uh, keep doing what you're doing. It's just fabulous. Both of you are really grateful to both of you for what you're doing. I think there's lots of people that need help. And I know when people listen back to this, they'll find some really lovely nuggets and stuff. So... I don't know if you're in the Facebook group, Erin, but we if there's any I'm comments, I'll, I'll get them over to you anyway, any feedback that comes through. Hannah often sort of will do do the Insta 
share anyways but yeah yeah <laughs> thank you thank cool. you thank you thanks for You're having welcome. me thanks <laughs> this for was having fun. me too